We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Uh, welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. Go to follow me on Twitter. It's Wednesday, September 21st. It's uh, whatever you want Wednesday. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to talk about Wednesday. It's uh, it's up to you in the YouTube chat. Uh, we can talk about anything, right? NFL probably stuff going on. Stuff from last week, stuff from this coming week. Who knows? Give me those thummy thumbs. You know how much I love those. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit anything you want on the screen. Just keep on hitting stuff. Pause button, play button. Just hit the X button. Get out of here. You can do that if you want also. Uh, Wataz Suki Singh is here always early in the morning. Daniel Hutchins, hi. Joe Adamo, morning. Had a, had a coaching coaching session last night uh, for the... The Discord people. If you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, it doesn't matter what package you have. As long as you pay something, you get access to my Blenders Game Theory channel on the Roto-Grinders Discord. And I do Zoom coaching sessions like two or three times a month. Where basically, essentially private coaching, right? You just come on Zoom and talk about whatever the hell you want with me, right? Share your screen, do whatever. And we had a conversation last night uh, using a word. I, I, I like the way that he used, he used the word, heuristic. Okay, I'm not going to tell you who, right? Because they're, they're private conversations. There was a group of people there, but uh, they're never recorded. So you can say whatever the hell you want. Uh, the What a heuristic is versus what like mathematically technical, like like if you were to just go by a signal, I like using the term signal or like, like I use like blunt, blunt, precise signal versus noise. Uh, the difference between something that is technically possible versus something that if you just used a heuristic, you'd probably be better off just doing it that way in the long run anyway. So what am I talking about? 
What am I talking about? A big talking point. Uh, maybe if you're on Twitter, I guess. Uh, was the Bengals defense, right? Last week. Bengals defense was projected to be 25% owned. Let's, let, let's be clear. Projected to be 25% owned. End up coming in at like 40% owned. And there were a lot of sharper players. If you went to Results DB and you saw, like, I could go, I could go there right now. I go to Results DB, look at the 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 Millie. I look at the Millie with the contest who you would think, well, obviously, well, why the hell are you going to play? Why why the hell would you be playing a forty percent owned defense? Right. So I'm going to go there. Let's see. Yeah, we could find it in here. The main slate, the Wildcat. I mean, even even to look at the Wildcat. But let's go to the Millie. And I already have some some users saved in here. When this loads, because it's a big contest, it takes a while. Okay, right. I look here. It's like Chipotle addict, ship my money, Royal Pain, JBC, E Hafner, Pen. I mean, let us for for basketball. Uh, a bro. The whistles go woo. Like we go here, Cincinnati defense, Chipotle addict, and Chipotle addict is one of the best NFL DFS players of all time. They'd say whatever you want about the two brothers, but Chipotle addict and Papa Gates are very good at NFL DFS. Okay. I consider most of these guys to be good at DFS, at NFL DFS at least, right? And look, 40%, 22, 24, 40. Yeah, Chip My Money played only 2%. The Colts, 41%. E. Hafner, 38%. Oxenduck played 94%. The Cincinnati Bengals defense, Petty Theft, 50, right? And, I, and Whistles Go Woo, 18. A Hubro, 20. You're like, well, why the hell are you playing a 40% on defense? Well, first off, they were projected at 25. So quite possible they would have had less had they thought that it would be even higher. But we get down into the situation that I talk about on this show all the time. All the time. Okay? Lineups, not players. Okay? Just drill that into your head. Lineups not players. You can play the Cincinnati defense, even if you knew they were 40% owned in a lineup, as long as you build the rest of your lineup around that ownership, right? The problem with playing the Cincinnati defense and say, let's say you played the Barkley and the defense. Cincinnati defense in the same lineup, both 40 plus percent owned. Well, you have to work pretty hard to get around it to find enough low-owned players that still project well enough to make up for the fact that you're playing a 40% on running back and a 40% on defense on a 12-game slate. You can do it. There are plenty of lineups. Plenty. I mean, there's 100,000-plus EV lineups you can make. So, like, there's still plenty of Barkley-Cincinnati lineups that are plus EV, but they may be harder to find. There may be less of them, right? You may have to... You may have to be very careful so you're not making too chalky lineup or you're making a lineup that's way too low projected. So it's tougher. It's tougher to do, but it's possible. And especially if you're some of the top players that use, you know, they're using simulations. They're using algorithms in their process that like they don't have to make it tough on themselves. You know, their their, their computer programming is going to do it for them, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to spit it out anyway. Okay, so they don't have to finagle and go, well, is this ownership high enough? Like like, like the common man has to do, like I have to do, using blunter methodologies. 
But it doesn't mean that you can't make Cincinnati defense lineups that aren't that are, that are plus eight. Of course you can. You just have to build around it. So if you saw people that played Cincinnati defense in their lineup, that doesn't necessarily make them a bad player. Now, from using the term heuristic, right? What does that mean? What is what does the term heuristic mean? Heuristic. Well, heuristic definition, right? Heuristic process or method, a hands-on or interactive heuristic approach to learning, enabling someone to discover or learn something for themselves, right? Proceeding to a solution by trial and error or rules that are only loosely defined, right? So this is more, heuristic is more of a blunt type of methodology rather than a precise one. So as a heuristic, right? Wouldn't it have been easier, easier to build lineups that didn't have the Cincinnati defense in them, that were plus EVs? Yes, it's easier. It's easier to do so. If you, if you by rule, if you said, I'll never play a defense that's 40 plus percent owned on a slate, no matter what the contest is, and you, and you just build plus EV lineups, that's fine. It's easier. Would you rather find your ownership discount at the defensive position that is highly variant, hard to predict anyway, or would you like to find that 40 percentage points of ownership by trying to find different wide, a 3% wide receiver with a 7% wide receiver with a 4% running back? You can, but it's harder. So if you're a type of person that builds lineups bluntly, right? Even if you're using an optimizer, you're still using blunt settings, ownership caps, projection limits, thresholds. You know, you see you're using stack the percentages and stuff like that. You're still you're just you're doing it bluntly. It's going to be very hard, much much harder, not very hard, for you to determine like uh, if a certain Saquon Bengals lineup is 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 good enough projection wise and ownership wise. If you would just X out the Bengals defense, like you don't have to worry about that anymore. You're what you're doing is you're out of those hundred thousand plus EV lineups that are possible that you could build using any player, any reasonably starting player. You know, that's what play whatever you want. I can go down. I can end it tomorrow's slate on a Sunday slate. It's like I want to start my lineup with uh, with Hunter Henry. I mean, you can with anything you want, but out of the hundred thousand plus EV lineups you can make, maybe. 20,000 are the Bengals defense lineups. Out of 120, maybe not even 20,000. Let's just say it's 2,000. Out of the 100,000 you can make. You're basically saying, look, I'm just going to disregard that. I'm just going to not wait. I'm just like, yeah, there's, I still get 98,000 lineups that I could choose from. And I'm just going to automatically say these 2,000, I may make a mistake on those. Maybe I, I don't choose one of those. One is slightly off. So I'm just going to, as a heuristic, just get rid of them, right? As a heuristic, groups, for instance, are more things like as a heuristic. If I went in and said, uh, I'm not, I'm only going to play a maximum of one of the three chalky players on the slate. That's perfectly fine to do. That's a, that's a heuristic. Instead of having, you can have all three of the highest owned players in your lineup. Let's say like th- this last Sunday, you had, you had, uh, you had Barkley. If you wanted to build a lineup that had Barkley, Cincinnati, uh, Devontae Adams, and Greg Dorch in it, you could. Just as much harder to. 
right? You're more likely to make mistakes unless you have a very a much more precise process. But you can. But as a heuristic, if you took all four of these, right, all four of these players and said max one in a group. Now you don't have to worry about it anymore. You still can get the plenty of plus EV lineups. Of course, you're not considering you you have you as a heuristic, as a choice. You said I instead of trying to run into possible mistakes, I'm just going to max one of them. I could make a lineup with all four. Yes, I could make a lineup with three of them. Could make a lineup with two of them. I'm choosing to just eliminate those lineups out of that huge hundred thousand set of plus CV lineups. And say just no, max max one of them. You could do max three if you want. You could do max two. There's no right answer to that question. You could build all you could build 20 lineups that all have all four of them in it. You can. They're just less plus EV lineups with those. It's and it's harder because you're playing the four chalkiest players on the entire slate. So when if you're gonna ask, it's like, well, what happens if I just group them out and play none of them? Well, you could do that also. All you're doing is just automatically not considering potentially plus EV lineups that have those combinations in them. That's all you're doing. That's not a strategy. You're not perfectly like, oh, well, if I group this out and that out and I, and then people create these like 74 groups, that's like, that's not a strategy. All you're doing is just eliminating lineups that you just don't even want to consider. You still need to build plus EV lineups, but like, well, do I want to try to make like on, on the, the, the past Sunday, I just didn't play any uh, in my, in my 18 lineups. I didn't play any Derek Carr. That you couldn't build a lineup with Greg Dorch and Derek Carr in it? Of course, of course you can. Of course you can. But I'm not. I didn't want to even bother making those types of lineups. I'm, I'm just that the 10,000 lineups I can make like that, I just n- not consider. I could do that after the fact, right? You could do that. As, I'm just going to build everything, right? And then go, okay, do I really want to play so-and-so in my lineup? If the, it could be for any reason. See, the thing is, it could be for any reason. Any reason at all. It's Wednesday. I don't play anyone named Willie on Wednesday. That There you go. Done. So, like, if you're playing NBA on Wednesday and Willie Cauley-Stein is available, like, and you X him out because you don't, you don't want to, you don't play anyone named Willie on Wednesday, that's perfectly fine because you could find plus EV lineups that don't contain them. It's very rare. It would be extremely, extremely rare to find a player that would be required in a positive expected value lineup. Incredibly rare, right? Even in NBA, it's probably more likely in NBA, but still even then, it's not like 100%, right? You'll get the 4K player that projects for 40 points, right? It's like, how how else are you going to get those points at 4K? The other 4K players project for 18. So like, if you did not play that player, you're just going to give up like 20 points in projection. But if it's a large enough field contest, maybe his efficient ownership isn't 100%. Maybe it's maybe it's 99%. And maybe there are a couple of lineups that don't have a minute, right? But what's the heuristic in that scenario? If you have a 4K player in NBA because of injuries and the salaries never adjusted, that projects for a 40-point median, You'll see what sharp players do. They jam them. They, you'll see 100%. You'll see 99% exposure. It'll be on all the lineups. But you'll see also people that don't understand the concepts say, well, he's going to be he's going to be 78% owned, so I'm fading. 
without realizing that, yes, 78% is the highest owned player on the slate. But he's under-owned. But he's under-owned. He's under-owned. You should be jamming that guy in. Right? You should be jamming it in. And then that's that's where you get your edge from, right? You just take a look at the set, the 22% of people that didn't play that guy and go, what were they thinking? Going through the YouTube chat. Hit those thummy thumbs. Joe Adamo had bad luck. Matt Mears had a good a good call. Oh, good call last night. Okay. Daniel. Oh, Daniel's in the chat. Nerdy Tenders in chat. Didn't play the main slate he was at the Broncos game, but he will sim it out and see how many Cincinnati defense I get. Okay. But, but Daniel, you have to do it with the, the projected ownership. Cause I talked to people that, that, that run Sims for themselves. And even they admit that if they knew it was a 40% owned, they wouldn't have gotten as much of, of this. Uh, Grant Brown, we could use the TDFS tools to look at a few players since we could. A lot of times I could look at that in, in, in uh results DB. It's a little bit more visual. Uh let's see. T Mac, good morning. Is there a formula you use to determine ownership and projection based on the tournament the lineup is going in? No, there's no correct number. And Daniel Hudgens says, if a player should be played 100%, DK's completely screwed up. Right, but that's why I said, like, it's an extremely, extremely rare scenario that there would be a player that should be 100% on. And whether or not he will actually be 100% on. Right, because if, if, if there, the efficient number is 100%, there's no reason not to play the player. Because the only thing that anyone else could do is not play them, and then you gain relative value from them. But that's... that's the closest that comes is that NBA example. But TMAC, the question is, is there a form? No, there's no stop. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on going to the mindset. There is no formula for anything. There is no right answer for anything. Okay. Do you are nerdy tenor has correct answers? Right. He is the most precise, he is precise. Daniel in the chat. But he can't tell you what to do because it's just he, he's running it through a, a machine learning algorithm and he doesn't even know. It, it's learning on its own. Oh, so I, I guess these lineups are these lineups. There's no blunt way for, for Daniel to make lineups. There is a blunt way. I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, once you start seeing what lineups are coming out, 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 of, the, out of the system, you say, oh, okay, they all share. A lot of times they share these types of properties depending on the slate, depending on the projections, depending on the ownership, depending on 20 different things. And you go, okay, these kind of fit, maybe these kind of fit with, with they, they kind of fit what Jordan's talking about, right? But he gets there much more precisely than I do. I have to finagle my way around and go, is this ownership worth this projection? I don't know. I have to make a comparative baseline somewhere. So if, for instance, in NFL, we could look at this Sunday slate coming up. And this is the ownership and projections as of Wednesday. It doesn't mean anything. These things will change. Who knows who's owned? Who knows who's starting? Who's going to be out? Right. But just based on these numbers currently, like if I just ran just a, a, a just a normal, a, let's say I just ran a, a very basic, just a three plus one lineup, right? It doesn't matter what position, just whatever. 
something to base to have a baseline from. All right? Do I have everything at, at default and something? Yeah, I got everything here, right? Right. I don't care about this. I don't care about anything. Right. I just want to see. What's the top what's the top lineup? Right. I can even stop it right there. There. I don't even need 10. So Stafford. Stafford. Cup Higby. Double tight end. I got Fournette and Perriman in there. I got something. I but I don't even care about the players. I just care about the number. So like 140. So like the top in these projections, our projections currently, the top lineup that has some type of game stack in it is like 140-ish and is owned at around 100, 100-ish, 100 to 105, okay? So basically, I'm going to be looking for lineups that have that proportion to it. So like here's one that's 93 at 140, right? So like, okay. So let me put this in. Let me put, I don't want to have any lineup that's over, let's just even say over 100. I go to build rules. Now, how would I have known the 100? Do I just make that up out of my, no, I just, I ran it and saw what's the highest owned lineup based on like just a normal stack. So at least that's the max I go to, right? So max total on, a, I actually, I probably want to go even lower. I want to go lower than that because I'm not going to be able to get 140 median points at 100 we already just show, showed it so maybe let's see what we could find at at 80 all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna build uh, 20 lineups what are the top 20 lineups maybe i limit uh one right uh, do limit that if i want to exclude that it doesn't matter so we we want 140 that like 100 owned lineup was like 140 ish so how many projection points to get down to 80, right? So I'm going to run 20 lineups and see. To get a comparative baseline. Is there a formula to this? No, I'm not showing you a formula. I'm showing you a heuristic. We can use that word. You say that word, people don't know what it means. That's why I just like saying blunt. Right, here's 72 at 138. So look, the difference in that lineup that we had before, the top one, 102, 140.72. This one is much lower owned, and it's only like what? Two points, let, let, not even two points lower projected. It just has Shy Smith in there, assuming that his seven point projection is correct. Right? So you take a look at some of these lines 72, 75, 78, 78. So these would be the range of lineups. And of course, these are still all Rams lineups. So let's say we were to take out Matthew Stafford, because if we'd like to take a look at these 20 lineups, it's like 18 of them are Matthew Stafford and two are Kirk Cousins. But it looks like like this is the range. 72, 70-ish, 138. Let's say we take out Matt Stafford, which means we're not going to get Ram stacks. And what do those line, lineups look like? From a projection versus ownership stand, standpoint. To run some, I don't even know. I don't even have to run 20. I don't have to run just whatever. Kirk Cousins, right? We get Kirk Cousins, we got a ton of mix in. We got Cousins with Dalvin Cook, right? Because we didn't care. Josh, then, then Josh Allen starts coming up. But these Kirk Cousins lineups are all about the same range, also 70s, 
137, 138 in the 70s. Obviously for this construction, for the 3 plus 1 construction. Right? And this would be the top, the top level. So if we went down to like 60, I assume that we're going to drop another maybe 2, 3, 4 points. So let's go down. Let's go down to 60. We'll bring we'll bring uh Stafford back in. We'll bring him back in. Let's 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 set the ownership now cap at 60 and see what these lineups look like. You don't even need many. I don't mean I'm just whatever. Whatever shows up. Can we get lineups at the 60 range that are like maybe 136? Is that possible? Maybe. Okay, close. 135.77. Okay, we're close. 57% on 135 projection. 57, 135, 59, 130. Okay, in this range. So compared to that first one, these lineups are like only like five points lower projected or so, but they drop half the ownership, nearly half the ownership. Some maybe not 50% of the ownership, 40% of the ownership, something like that. Right? And you could still have, look, there's still plenty of Stafford lineups with uh, Robinson and Cup. Still all these Rams lineups. So if you're looking for a formula, there's no formula. Like these are all blunt methodologies. So you're not going to find a precise formula for anything. Put in your projections and see what comes up. And you go, oh, okay. If I, the top, if I just played a cash lineup, for instance, that would be 142, project at 142 and be owned 133. Right. Allen, Jacobs, Mixon, Olave, Juju, Cooks, Hawkinson, Fournette, Commander's defense. Based on the RG projections as of 10 o'clock this morning on a Wednesday before a Sunday slate. But no, but in GPP, you're not playing these types of lineups. Like it's going to be, you're probably not playing uh, naked Josh Allen and you're probably playing some type of correlated lineup, some. Right? Doesn't mean you can't. Yeah, you can play this lineup. I mean, it's too high owned, but you can. I guess you can. In technicality, you can. Heuristically, you're not. So that's why it's like, okay, let me put a stack together and see what. And you compare the the number to the ownership. The number to the ownership. Every slate is going to be different. Last week's slate, you couldn't get lineups that were this low, total owned with like the with some of the players projecting too well. Like you'd always end up with a Barkley lineup or a Cincinnati defense lineup or an Adams lineup or something like that. So for the slate last week, these numbers are going to be different. There are basketball slates where like the median uh, optimal is like 270. There's some slates where it's 330. Uh, Those slates where it's it's 330, that's where you know, you know that uh, when the slate's done on, on Twitter, or on Reddit or something, you have people complaining that they scored 360 points and didn't cash. Right. And two seven on a slate where it's like the median optimal is, is 270. That's when people like win a GPP with a 347. With a score that that the next day they don't even they can't even cash in a lineup in. Because they don't understand the, the the relative difference between the slates. One slate essentially had very efficient pricing. And the second, the next slate. 17 people were out and there was value like this. It was not hard to just jam in 60 extra points of median value into your lineup because there were players that are 4,500 that project for 35 points 
and a guy that's at 6,200 projecting for 58 points. I mean, like, because it was easy to build those types of lineups. So the median value of lineups are going to go up. That's why you can't have a formula that's just like, oh, what are the numbers that I put in every slate? There are no, there are nothing. And just like we talked about before, like all these build rules are all diversification settings. They're not, they're not, this is not a strategy. How many unique players should you have? Like there's no, there's no number for that. How diverse of a lineup portfolio do you want? But it's not going to get you to plus EV lineups in and of itself. Do I want to have, do I, in my flex, do I want to run all wide receiver flex? You can. You could also run all running back. You could also run all tight end. Be like, oh, I'd, do I really want 100 lineups that are all tight? If there are plus EV lineups that are double tight end. There are less of them, but there still are. And it also depends on the slate. If Kelsey was three, was, was min price 3K, you'd probably be running a lot of tight end flex lineups, right? If, if Kelsey was 3K. Okay? So it's not something that's like, oh, you always do, you never do. It's all based on the slate. And what lineups you want to play. Like I said, as long as you you can get to a hundred thousand plus EV lineups, but you're not gonna you're not playing a hundred thousand lineups. You can't. Even if you're like, oh, I'm I'm only playing three max. I'm only playing single entry. I'm only playing I'm only playing one lineup. Well, now you have a hundred thousand to choose from. People show me their single entry lineups. I get DMs or something. Right, the next day, it's like I played this in single entry and it, it didn't do well or something like that. And they go, did I do anything wrong? I looked at the lineup. Does that look like a fine lineup for me? They go, well, how do I approve it? It's like, you could you know how you could have approved it? By playing the players that did well. <laughs> but how are you supposed to know that? I don't. So that, based on the ownership and projection that I know from the slate, I looked at that lineup and I know they're playing in a contest that has like a thousand entries in it. And I looked at that and I go, okay, that's fine. But you could, you could show me a thousand lineups. I'll say the same thing about it. You show me something. Oh, okay. That looks fine. Essentially, if you show me a lineup from from last Sunday, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I this is the lineup that I made in a in a in a small a small field GPP, a thousand entry single entry, and you showed me essentially a cash lineup, I would say, then that's what don't do that. <laughs> this lineup is too high owned, right? You're showing me the Car Adams Dorch lineup with Barkley in the Cincinnati defense, and it's like, well, instead of Instead of playing Albert O, I played Tyler Higby or something like that. And that's what you did. I get it. That's not enough. Then I would give the feedback of that's not a good enough. That's not a plus EV line. And then some people would say, same contest, right? Thousand entries, single entry, whatever. They show me a lineup that has like, like eight, 2% owned players. And I said, like, I could only imagine how low the projection of this lineup is. And individually, those eight players, I have no problem with individually, right? They show me a lineup. I go, like, oh, yeah, okay. That, these, these guys are viable. They're probably not all together, right? You're probably not playing them all together. Like, do you know the projection of this lineup? And it's like, I, I plug it in. It's like 28 points lower than any other lineup. And like, like, dude, you don't have to get that contrarian, right? So as long as you're not on either side of the spectrum, you can show me God knows any lineup. I'd be like, okay, that seems pretty good. That seems pretty good. Right. People want these people want these like I got to do this. You have to plug in this. You have to put this number there and it doesn't exist. And the more and more you search for the magic numbers, the less all you're doing is spinning your wheels and wasting time rather than learning the concepts of how to build plus EV lineups and then realizing 
because you understand statistical concepts that out of the 100,000 lineups you can make, most of them are kind of even with each other from an expected value standpoint. Some may have higher standard deviations than others, but for the most part, once you get to the point of building good lineups, once you get to be on this list of, you know, making 150 of them, even if you're just making one of them, once you get up to that point, then it just becomes a, it's a random number generator, right? Kind of at that point, right? It just, uh, what, what's going to happen? Is it, is the, are the Royals going to go off tonight in baseball? Are the, and the, I have three of them and you have four of those lineups and whatever happens, happens. And we're making money off of the percentage of the field that is building horrible lineups, either that are too high owned or too low projected. But anything in the middle, who am I to say which one is better than the other? Now, like Daniel in chat, nerdy tenor, he could probably tell the difference slightly. But still, the, once you get in that in that range where you're not playing something that's too high owned or too low projected, with some amount of correlation probably, right? In baseball, probably, you're playing a stack. That helps you. But you don't have to. Like I said, you don't have to either. There are going to be lineups that you can choose that don't have any stack. Good luck trying to make that. It's hard. It's just harder to do, right? Good luck trying to find those. So once you understand that, you know that once once you get to that point, it's just it's it's hoping variance goes your way. Like there's not like what more can I do? There's nothing. What what more what more can you do? As long as you as long as you know that the lineups that you're pl- plugging in are are plus EV, and what heuristics can you use for that? You could study other players' lineups. Right, if you're like, oh, based on my projections, based on my ownership, I had, I had, uh, I had so much. I in half of my lineups, I played. Uh, uh, let, let me scroll down. I'm just going to be half my lineups. I played. Uh, 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 let me just keep on going. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, right? Like the way that I did my lineups, it's like I could not play Brandon Ayuk. Not for like a football reason, just like I put in the numbers and it's like all my lineups came up Brandon Ayuk. And then you're like, okay, that, that, that you could do that. I mean, that's not, those still could be plus EV lineups. They could be, but then you go into results DB and you study and you go, okay, let me take a look at uh, what a lot of top players did. Oh yeah. They didn't read that. Wow. Where, where was their, like, not only did they not have a lot of Brandon Ayuk, but some had none. So maybe that's a signal that you screwed up somewhere. Maybe. It's probably quite unlikely that you figured something out about some player that no one else did. Okay? So that's why, like, Results DB, studying other players' lineups, studying the slate afterwards, is a heuristic. That's the, the word of the day, heuristic. And some players, I mean, this is not the only list of players. I mean, you could you could look at 50, 100 people just to get a sense of what their lineups look like. And if your lineups are like drastically off from a lot of people, then maybe you did something wrong. And if your lineups look kind of similar to a lot of otherwise sharper players, what else are you going to do? Seems good to you. That's a good signal, right? Are you placing... All in the long run, more than 1.4, 1.6% of your lineups in the top 1% in large field GPPs. 
That's a good signal, right? But what can you do on a specific day? No, you just wait for variants to go your way. Build plus EV lineups and wait. It's like rolling It's like rolling a 5,000-sided die, as I'll say. You roll the 5,000-sided die, you're getting paid 50,000 to one, which is 10 times the amount that you should be getting paid. But you're going to be losing 4,999 days on average every 5,000 days or 5,000 bets, 5,000 slates, whatever. So as long as you know that you're getting 50,000 to one by building that plus EV lineup, all you're doing is just waiting for the, the number to come up. That's it. Is it going to come up today? Is it going to come up tomorrow? Can it come up three times in a row? Good. It could not come up for 15,000 days, right? It could, it could be whatever. That 5,000-sided die. But you have to realize that. So many people, it's, uh, you know, two weeks, two slates into the M- NFL season. This is not including, you know, the showdowns or anything, but just two classic slates. I've already gotten two messages of, I didn't uh, cat GPP players. I didn't cash any lineups in week one or week two. Am I doing something wrong? My response is, come back to me in 20 years. If you still haven't cashed anything in 20 years, 20 seasons, right? Then then, then maybe you got a problem. You go, what am I supposed to do? Wait 20 seasons? It's like, dude, there's like 18 slates. It's not even three weeks of baseball. If you told me you didn't cash, and, and we're talking about like a, like, Single entry GPP, like a twelve dollar, fairly large field GPP, right? Twelve dollars, you know, something like that. The fifty dollar red zone, or you know, something like that. Like, dude, you could go three weeks in baseball and not cash. That would be told that that, that would be a normal occurrence, right? Or you you go you go two months and only cash five times in total out of sixty days. That's a normal occurrence. So after two weeks, what the hell are you? Supposed to, how do you tell it anything? In two weeks, nothing. You can't tell nothing from just the results. Well, what do your lineups look like? Let me see your lineups. What did you play the past two weeks? And I look at them. And I go, okay, they're pretty good. They're defined. You didn't have the that you didn't have the Baltimore Miami game on Sunday. That's why you didn't cash. There you go. Done. Was there anything that would have put me on the game? No, you're not thinking correctly. It's not about predicting outcomes. You built that lineup. You built you built the lineup with uh, the with the Tom Brady, right, or Winston or something like Winston Thomas, something like that. And because you were so contrarian at the stack, you you played Barkley and you played Mixon or something. And it's like okay, but I look at this lineup. I said, why 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 wouldn't this be fine? Looking at the ownership, this seems fine. One game went off heavily in the game that you stacked didn't. That's it. And then you look at the, the week before, and it's, it's kind of similar story. Like, you took a chance on this game and ate the chalk in this one or two spots, and that wasn't the game that went off. Okay, now go on to week three. <laughs> it is what it is. What else are you going to do? The liners weren't bad. It's two weeks. Two slates. It's two slates for crying out loud. Scorpion McScorp said the 33-33 milli was a bloodbath for the pros this week. Let's take a look at it. The, the, what what was what that called? The 33-33? The mega millionaire? Was that the 
Oh yeah, okay. That, I see the entry fee. Right. We obviously some people didn't play, or only played one lineup. I think Nerdy Tenor only played one lineup. That's what it looks like. Where do you go? We take a look at. Let me take a look at the ownership in this contest. Fifty-one percent on a defense. Forty-six percent of Devontae Adams. Thirty-seven percent Greg Dortch. Jeez. This is why why I talk about the smaller the field of contest, it's more there's more benefit in being contrarian. I'm not fully contrarian. It's just like don't, like don't play if you didn't play the top the car stack, if you didn't play either of these last Cincinnati Saquon, Devontae Dorch car, and just said, I'm gonna build, I'm gonna literally build the the, uh, the best lineup from there, the optimal or whatever, that would be fine for this contest. That's what I mean by being contrarian. It's not like being crazy. Just like the ownership is just even so much higher in these contests. Now, there's some, there's some people in here that did well. I mean, just because you did, if you didn't play like 10 lineups or something doesn't make you... This is still a very tough field. Right, you got Wilson here, GSD4, Mr. Wonka Man, Court Jesters, The Pickler, Mr. Panther, Big T... Right, there's plenty of people up here. The Masterson, Ski Basher, Mr. Good Seats. You know, who else do I recognize? I don't know. There are plenty of people up here. What won this? But Tua, obviously, it's a, we all know what won it. Tua, Hill, Waddle, Andrews. But look, Saquon and Josh Jacobs. You didn't, the winner of this, the winner of this contest didn't didn't have Nick Chubb. You didn't need it. The 1,174 entries. So there you go. You didn't even need the best end. Look, you had Buccaneers defense. Here, we could go We could go down. I could probably find a lineup. Here, Cincinnati defense. There you go. Fourth place. Lamar, Waddle, Andrews. Right? I mean, this lineup is what? 227.72. $3,000 entry, $150,000. And look, Barkley and the Cincinnati defense. But look, Jalen Waddle is only 5% owned. Curtis Samuel, 17. Amon Ra, 20. But no Adams, right? No Adams. Still had Dorch in here. Still had the defense in here. Still had Barkley in here. So basically no Adams. And built up the middle, which is kind of what I was talking about last week on the Game Theory Show building these up-the-middle type lineups, right? 227, but it's only 1,100-person contest. If you go to the, the 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 large field, Millie, 227, I don't know. I probably have to scroll 17 screens to find where that placed. But when, Pete, when, when chalk busts, it's, it's so much easier to win. His whistles go woo. Lamar, Bateman, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ra. Henderson and Higby, Gibson, Dorch, you had Lamar, San Francisco defense, paid, right? You have a 2% on Bateman paired with Jackson. You have a 1% on defense. You're fading. You don't play, you don't play Barkley. You don't play Adams. You're fine. You're done. That's it. Do these lineups look all that contrary? They, they don't, to you, they probably look, oh, these don't look that contrary. But for this contest, it actually is contrary. Because there's so much ownership on on condensing on certain players that as long as you're not playing the combinations of those players, 
Like, dude, you could easily just, okay, you're going to play Hill. You're going to play Gibson. You're not playing like, I'm going to play the backup running. I'm going to play fullbacks. I'm going to play fourth wide receivers. I'm going to play backup tight ends or something. You don't have to do that. You barely even have to do that in the Millie. But you have to do it more in that type of contest. So that's why you can get these lineups that are up there. Uh, Jovan Normandy and the 919 video with James, you showed how to get to your 18 lineups. How did you use math to manually set uh, more? I'm sorry, Jovan. I'm sorry. I just have to calm myself down. How did you use math to manually set the min-max exposures for your players? I don't think you understand. I don't set min-max exposures for players. And then what you're going to say is I looked in that video and there were numbers like 10 and 15 there. I said, those were not input beforehand, okay? I am. I have never, well, well once I, 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 these min-max numbers, I don't set before making lineups. I set them after making lineups. Meaning, I'm getting too much of a guy, right? I'm choosing, right? Like, let, let this past, uh, Sunday. I'm making, I'm, remember, I'm making thousands of lineups. I'm only choosing 18, but I'm making thousands of lineups. So I want to make candidate lineups, okay, to choose from. If I were to not do anything with exposures, if I were to, to generate 3,000 lineups, like 2,900 would have Saquon Barkley in it. And all 3,000 would have Cincinnati defense in it. But so how do I get the candidate lineups that don't have those? Well, I'm going to set a, a something something to say to give me less of them. That's it. Those numbers are only there for that. Oh, how did you know to play 15? I'm not playing 15% of anything. Those numbers don't represent what I have in my portfolio. They're just numbers to create lineups from. So for instance, if we take a look at like last on Sunday's slate. Cincinnati defense, Barkley, Adams, Dorch, right? These four players, okay? If I were to not put a cap on the players and build candidate lineups, not lineups that I'm playing, lineups that I'm considering, I would end up with like a million percent of all these guys and probably most of them in the same lineup, right? How do I not get that? Well, I could put unique players on five. Right, but that doesn't solve the problem either because I may get a bunch of them that have all of them together and a bunch that have none of them together. So what, what's a good what's a good heuristic to not get all these guys all together? So I'm building different sets of candidate lineups. Put them all in a group, right? I put all four in a group and I set a max of one, okay? But what's the problem with that? What's the problem with that? Well, if I ran it like that, you know what ends up happening? I get all of the Cincinnati defense and none of Saquon Barkley, Adams, or Dorch in any lineups, right? Because the defense projects well enough. Or I, I, I actually it ended up being I get a lot of Barkley or the Cincinnati defense and none of Adams or Dorch. But I'm trying to build a candidate set of lineups, so I'm basically saying that max one, I'm never going to have a max one of Adams just in any of the lineups that I'm even considering. No, I want I want to at least consider. Some, I want to consider some Adams lineups. The Adams lineups don't have Barkley. They don't have the Cincinnati defense. They don't have Greg Dorch in them. But I at least want to have some. But unless I 
Tell the optimizer. Tell it. Please give me some Adams lineups. It's not going to. Because Barkley and the Cincinnati defense, from a point per dollar, how everything worked out, you get more of. So what do I do? It's a, Well, it's a max. It's a group of four with a max of one. So I set each of these to 25%, right? Because that equals 100%. I'm building 300 lineups. 300 lineups, remember, I'm not building these lineups to play. I'm building these lineups to consider. To build my 18 lineups, I built uh, between between uh, research and between uh, all the builds that I put in, I probably on on between Saturday and Sunday built 15,000 lineups, okay? So I built 15,000 lineups, right? And once I saw that, like, uh, I'm not going to consider any of these Richie James lineups or Greg Dortch lineups. Well, I could just X those guys out, right? Or I'm getting way too much of this guy. And I'm, unless I, unless I want to play a lot of that guy, maybe I don't need 70% of my candidate lineups to have him in it. Because now I'm a limit, like I only have so many that have other players in it. So how do I do that? I just set a max exposure. I had Amon Ross St. Brown in like seven out of 18 of my lineups. I didn't put an expose that what's seven divided by 18? 38%. I didn't put 35 or 40. I, that's not how I built. That's not those lineups were those lineups were chosen. The 18 lineups that were in lineup HQ were chosen. I go through, I go through thousands of lineups, and then I choose the 18 that I play. Right? And I what hey. Turns out I had seven or eighteen of Amon Ross St. Brown. Turns out I had seven or eighteen Ashton Doolin also. Doolin, based on his ownership and his projection and the lot types of lineups I was building, ended up appearing a lot. But how much Ashton Doolin do I want to play? That's a risk tolerance. I could have played eighteen Ashton Doolin lineups if I wanted to. But you know the reason why I even was able to consider Ashton Doolin lineups is because I X'd out Greg Dortch and Richie James Jr. If I didn't cap them or X them out, those lineups that had Ashton Doolin would have Richie James because Richie James rejected for a little bit better than Ashton Doolin. So if I don't put a cap there, I'm not going to get Doolin lineups to even consider. So that's what, that's what these numbers are for. They're for diversification purposes. They're not for strategy. One of the war, I probably, the, the worst phrases in DFS these days is, uh, above the field and below the field. That doesn't mean anything. You have to talk about the lineup level, not the exposure level. Good players understand this. So if I were to talk to Squirrel Patrol, right? And Squirrel Patrol is like, yeah, I was over the field on so-and-so. I know that he means that he had more exposure to that guy because he was low, he was less owned than his projection, and he fit into plus EV lineups that naturally would look a different way. So it's not a matter of like, oh, well, he played a lot of that guy. Well, he played a lot of the guy, and he also knows how to build good lineups. Dude, you could play you could play 50% of a guy and have them all in bad lineups. I mean, just like I play 150 lineups. I played 75 so-and-so lineups. I was double the field. And you look at those 75 lineups, and they're horrible. 
Who cares if you're over the field or below? It doesn't matter. Uh, Select, how did your showdown process you showed us work out? Fine. The Chief, the Chiefs Chargers slate, I did well. I did well enough. I mean, it's showdown. If you don't win first, it's not well. It's not good enough, right? Showdown. If you play large field in showdown, it's like you either win first or you lose. That's it. You're done, right? You play that You play that uh, three times a week or something or whatever. You hope to bink once and that, that's, that's it. And you're going to lose most of the other times. I mean, that's DFS in general. Uh, so you never use any T-Max. So you never use any type of formula. No, I never use any type. I literally have never used the formula ever in DFS. Seven years. I've never plugged numbers into a formula. You know why? Because there's no such formula that exists. To determine ownership, to determine what? What are we determining? What formula would we be determining? This is what this is what I would do. Okay. I'm gonna go in. Okay, let's let's build rules. What formula would there be? You're looking for magic that doesn't exist. Okay? Okay. Let's take a look at the wide receivers on this coming, or whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to use a very extreme exact, exact uh, exaggeration. Okay? Fantasy points. Cooper Cup has a median of 26 fantasy points. If he was 99% owned, 99% owned. Let's change his ownership to 99. Just change it right there. He's going to be 99% owned. Okay? The top lineup that you can make, right? The top median lineup, so we're just talking about median, is 142.8. It doesn't even have Cooper Cup in it. Okay? At 133 percentage points of ownership. Okay? Is there, there's no Cooper Cup lineup that could beat that. So you should not never play Cooper Cup at 99% owned, right? Are you going to find, how many lineups are you going to find? If we're going to have to reduce this to, the, I can't play a lineup that's over 130. Let's just say, let's just say, I, there's no number 130. I'm going to go put in 130 right here, a max of 130. I'm going to build, I'm not even going to stack lineups. There's no stacks, there's no nothing. doesn't even matter. I'm going to I'm going to leave this on 3. I'm going to put it on 100. Okay? How much Cooper Cup do you think I get in this 100? It's a very easy answer. It's a very easy answer. I'm running 100 lineups and I put set Cooper Cup's ownership at 99%. But I can't build a lineup that has a higher ownership sum of 130. How much Cooper Cup do you think is going to end up in in these lineups? Let's see. Uh, I I don't expect to see any, right? Let's just make sure. Stafford, Higby. Look at Stafford, Higby, right? You get some of those. You get no Cooper Cup, okay? Now let's do the opposite. Cooper Cup is 0.1% owned. Okay? How many lineups does he show up in? When our max is 130. 
obviously not going to be zero. He's a 0.1% owned player that has the highest raw points on the entire slate. Right. Not the great, not the best point per dollar value. I mean, he's still up there, but not the ultimate best. But he's a guy that has that projection and he's like, no one's going to own him. Right. We go through. Based on 130. Did I did I do this right? Let's see. Did I do I have do I have no I don't have stacks. Build rules, max lineup ownership. Make sure I get everything in here. Player groups. Well, it's fitting in other play. Yeah, oh, here's Cooper Cup right here. Okay. Okay, you're 21%, right? So you're getting 21% of them at 0.1% owned to fit into lineups that are under 130, right? Because he's not necessarily the best point-per-dollar projected because he's so expensive. What formula am I using? Because in order to come up with that formula, you'd have to run this for literally every player in the player pool and how they all affect all the other players in the player pool. So what formula is there for this other than these blunt methodologies to use? There's no formula. And every slate would be different. If this was a five-game slate, dramatically different than a 10-game slate, right? Four-game slate with two separate two games, but with, with late swap, maybe even different than that. This is baseball, different than that. Like, everything's different, every slate. Oh, they actually... Uh, uh, DK accidentally priced Devontae Adams at the minimum price. Well, now that's a completely different slate also. No matter the next. Oh, there's a lot of games with high totals. A lot of games with low totals. Two different slates. What formula? What formula? There's no formula. If that, let me, let me be clear. There is a formula. Okay. Uh, it requires you to have probably some type of advanced computer degree to do. If you're nerdy tenor or whistles, go woo. There's a formula. So I, I want to be technically correct. Yes, there's, if you want to call that a formula. So what you're asking for, however, is what numbers do I plug in to get the right answer? And I'm like, really doesn't work that way. That's kind of like, saying uh like it's kind of kind of like saying uh uh i got a couple of i got a couple of pieces of metal and some nails uh how do i build a racing car from this you go well you can't build a racing car from that yeah you could build something that has little wheels and you could probably go down a little alley on like a little cardboard like a little skateboard type of thing you ain't building a racing car with it well how do i build a racing car with it it's like well yeah i gotta learn how to build a you got to learn how to build a racing. You got to learn how to build cars first, right? Like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. It's like, well, do you have an advanced degree in physics? Like, no, it's just going into a tube and going up in the air. It's like, no, these are astronauts have have PhDs in physics, astro and 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 uh, aerodynamics and all that. It's like you have to learn all of that in order to do what they do, right? So it's the same thing here with, like, do you want to like whistles go woo? It's literally his his PhD thesis 
is in optimization. Like that is literally what he does for a living, right? So like this, this opt, like he, he would, he looks at lineup HQ and goes, wow, I could build something 400 times better than this. Why? Because that's what is, that's, that's his skill. That's what he learned. That's what, that's what his field is. So like, like what optimizer does he use? No, he uses this dude. He programs his all, all the stuff on his own. Right. And I'll look at these type and I'll look at, I'll look at he'll look at lineup HQ and go, well, this is a nice blunt tool, nice user interface. Like not, not the best way to do it. Right. But it gives someone that doesn't know what he knows on how to build optimization stuff. A fighting chance. It's like, yeah, there are blunt ways. Yeah, you're right. You set that there. You set that here. And you could come up with competitive lineups, right? But there's also, he'll look and go, there's tons of ways that all this gets screwed up, right? We talk about clumping. We talk about exploiting people that don't know how to use tools like this correctly, right? That's, I focus on people that can't use these tools. because They think they know, but they don't. Like, that's what Whistles would look at and go, yeah, the problem with using these tools is that if you don't know what you're doing, you could actually end up with worse lineups, right? But he does it He does it his way, and he programs it all, all himself. Ara Avdizian, can this tool build cash lineups? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, you just press one button. There's the cash lineup. You're done. I mean, you could build a cash. I mean, you could build a cash lineup like without any optimizer. Just play the highest projected lineup. You're done. But yeah, so anytime you have anyone in the player pool, right? You could X out. You go, oh, I don't want to play Chris Olave. Well, then X them out, and then let's run it again. All it's doing is solving a knapsack problem. That's it. That's all it's doing. Is that the best cash lineup? Well, it's the highest median lineup. That's all it is. So it's the, the tool doesn't do anything. The, to, the, the tool, Lineup HQ, is a knapsack problem solver. That's it. That's all it is with constraints. That's all it does. Well, I don't want to play this guy and that guy. Okay, well, then rip them out. And then it's I'm, Lineup HQ is just sitting there going, I'm going to solve for the highest median number on this number, this F points column. It doesn't even know what these, it doesn't know the players. It doesn't know anything. Anytime you say, well, it likes this, it doesn't like anyone. It doesn't do anything. It's just, these are the inputs. If I, if I took down someone's projection, it's going to like them less. Why? Because the number's lower. It's like, it's like, the tool has no brain in it. And it doesn't care about range of outcomes. It doesn't care about ownership. It doesn't care about anything. It's just, how do I jam in all these F points into a lineup given the salary and positional constraints? That's all it is. And it will do that until you interfere and say, well, you do that, but you can't do this, right? You could, yeah, give me as many of those FPTS column numbers you can, but you need to have a quarterback and a wide receiver together. It's like, okay. Right, because then it can't make this line. It'll go, oh, it looks at the first lineup and goes, oh, well, it doesn't have that, so I got to go to the next one, right? That's what it sounds like. And if you're telling me it's like, oh, well, I need 50% of this guy and 20% of that guy. And like, it's going to just try to make those lines. Just, okay, I'm going to, I'll make the first one. This is the highest F points. Then the second one, well, I can't put this guy in because you told me that I can only, I can only have him in 10% of my line. If that's all it's doing. It's not picking and choosing anything. It's just like whatever input you put in, it's going to give you whatever the knapsack problem solver would give you for that. 
with those limitations. That's it. It's not magic. That's why all of this is blunt. All of this is based on heuristics. So yes, like getting back to the very beginning, you could build a lineup that's plus EV with any player in the player pool. And it's reasonable. I'm not talking about injured guys. Even though then that's not, technically you could still build plus EV lineups, even with a guy that's going to guarantee to get a zero. They're really cheap, maybe. Depends on the format. Depends on the, depends on what, what you're doing. But you can pick any guy you want. You can pick anyone you want in the pool. You could start from anywhere. Right? I could go, I could scroll all the way down. I could go to the worst, the worst player. The worst projected player. Let's start what's the worst projected player. Ben Ellison at tight end. All right. So I put in Ben Ellison at tight end. I don't know who he is at Minnesota, maybe probably on the practice squad. If I press the optimize button right here, all it's going to do is give me the knapsack problem solver, give me the best lineup that has him in it for projection. 135.56. Allen, Fournette, Mixon, Dorch, Olave, Cup, Ellison, Hawkinson, Commanders. That's 135.56. What's the optimal? 142. So, like, to play Ellison, you're giving up, like, seven fantasy points. Median-wise, which is probably not the greatest idea, but you still have a lineup that projects for 135. If Ben Ellison at 2,500 at almost pretty much no ownership, you'll be the only one with them. If Ellison goes out and, and catches two touchdowns and all the other chalk matches, you win the Millie Maker. There you go. You're done. So you can play whatever this guy's name is. I don't even know. You want to play Stanley Morgan in your lineup? Play Stanley Morgan in your lineup, right? I don't even know if I can plug him in. You play Stanley Morgan. Play. Can you play two of those? Now, now your projection starts going down. But obviously, if you're going to play a guy that projects for like seven points lower than everyone else, the rest of your lineup has to project. You're going to be playing a lot of chalk in that lineup because you need to raise your projection up, right? So you could start with any player you want. You could start with not a player. You could start set. You could start by going. Okay, I'm going to go up to the top, right? I'm going to go up here. I'm just like, uh, I'm not going to play Mixon. I'm not going to play uh, Adams. Uh, I'm not going to play Tyreek Hill for wh- whatever. Just like, I'm not going to play, uh, you take a look at here. Um, oh, I can't. J- Josh Jacobs, I can't stand playing that guy, right? You decide to X him out. And then, I mean, like, okay. Well, you made, okay. Well, what's the best line from there? 141.57. Allen Fournette, Cook, Olave, Cooks, Diggs. Juwan Johnson, Tykinson, and Command. Okay. These are all projected decent lineups. So, I mean, if you, you could start with the other side. Play, don't play whoever you want, right? Play whoever you don't want or whatever it is. Decide, oh, this, these are the people that are mixing out. Yeah, sure. You can still build lineups that are fine otherwise. The chalkier they are, that means you're going to get more contrarian. And the higher projected they are, the, the more you're going to have to try to raise up that projection. But, like, you could start from any point. If you're building like that, I try to build all at once. So I can just look at lineups individually. Joe Van Normandia, how does your stack setting methodology change when you're building lineups com- competitors are likely to have compared to building Canada lineups? I try to build the ones that they're likely to have. Build the way that you think that you're competitive. I do multiple sets. Okay. Multiple sets. Remember, I am building tens of thousands of lineups. I'm not trying to get all the lineups that are the candidates in a 300 set of lineups. 
I'm doing 300 sets because 300 is the max on lineup HQ. I'm doing 300 and I'm using one stack combination, right? I'm using one, one construction type for 300 lineups. How many construction types are there? Typically somewhere between four, five, six, eight, maybe. I'm building 300 for each of them, right? I'm building 300 for different ownership bands. 300 for different, like I'm, I'm literally building thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lineups. So like building lineups your competitors have, that's what I'm doing. Keep on building those lineups, 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 lineups. You know, you could, you could crank out 300 lineups, no problem, a couple of minutes. You throw them into you know, my theory of DFS tools and just keep on compiling them, right? And then you see what, well, what commonalities, what players stick together, whatever. You group stuff out and, and then you, then you can start building candidate lineups that look different from there, from that. How different? It depends on your risk tolerance. Maybe I'll have some that aren't that different and some that are very different. And I built 3,000 lineups to choose from there. That has nothing to do with the tools that playing min max exposures or anything. There's no magic settings in lineup HQ. I'm just going to keep on repeating that. If you were to do my process and see me, if I did the process every single day, every single, okay, let, let's be clear. If I did the process of, for NFL, let's say we had a 12-game NFL slate every single day, and you sat behind me and you saw my process and you looked at the numbers that I put in every single day, every single day, I'm going to repeat this very, very clearly. Every single day, these numbers would be different. They would never be the same. Never. Zero. Zero days would be the same. If I were to show you what they ended up as, and also they changed throughout. I'm building 300 lineups that look like this. I'm building 300 lineups that look like that. I'm building 300 lineups that look like this. I've, I've changed these numbers 700 times in one day. Okay? I'm exaggerating. Probably not 700. And built plenty of stuff, and maybe built a, a set and go, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of this, right? And decide to disregard it. Maybe on a certain slate, I'm getting way too much of something, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta increase the range of outcomes of wide receivers. Oh, so you set your wide? Do I set it originally at twenty? No, I set it at nothing. Only until I see the output, till I go, okay, this doesn't look that representative representative well how do you know that it's not represent i don't know i make a judgment call i just ju i judge it <laughs> i look and go this doesn't seem right right okay so let's let's uh i'm getting way too much of barkley how could i not get it as much of barkley well i could just cap barkley but i could also increase the the, the randomness of running backs up and then see what happens there and maybe i do that and i still get too much of it okay that didn't do anything for me Right? Maybe I'm playing too many. Maybe there's too much running back in the flex. So look, I'm going to increase that to white. I'm going to do that. Does that mean that those are the lineups that I'm playing? No. But in order to get the output that I want, all the tool is is I look at the output and go, is that the output that I want? The answer is no. Well, then there's some, uh, what settings do I have to do to get the output that I want? Do I do I put a minimum on it? Sometimes uh, on some of these groups, I'm grouping out too many people. And the, the ownership numbers are like nothing. Like they're, they're, they're so low projected that I have to put a minimum 
40. Give me a minimum of 40% owned in my entire line. Sometimes I don't need to do that. So what's if you'd ask me what settings do you put in? There's there's no there's no the answer doesn't there's no answer to that question. The question doesn't make any sense. How many nails do you put in a piece of wood? That's what you're asking. How many nails do you put in a piece of wood? You're you're and if you're a construction person or something would probably say, uh, well, what are you building? I mean, what? How many? You could. You, how big is it? Right? You talking about a the side of a house? Or are you talking about a drawer of a desk? I mean, like, how many nails? There's no number. There's not. They would look at you and go, how, how would you? There's no number. Oh, I go. Anytime I put nails in wood, I put 16. Like that wouldn't, that would sound stupid. So no matter what, no matter if, if the building, the side of a sky size, uh, whatever, a five story wooden, whatever the hell you're doing, uh, you're only putting 16 nails in. Good, good luck. Good luck if you live in there, right? It's probably not going to hold the wall down, right? For, for 16 nails. You're putting together a little uh, jewelry case or something like that. 16 nails would probably be way too much, <laughs> right? So you can't answer questions that way of how many nails. Right, how how long how how long do you drive? Well, it depends on where you go. Right, if I'm going to the store, it takes me three minutes to drive. If I'm going to Chicago, it takes me five hours to drive. So to understand the questions that you're asking is how long do you drive? How much gas do you put in your car? In total, in what I mean, like you could put one gallon. You're not driving to Chicago with one gallon of gas. You could. So like, what what is what you'd always do? Like, there's nothing. It depends on where you're going. Do you take a right or a left at the at the end of this? Well, if I'm going there, I'm taking a left. If I'm going there, I'm taking a right. But I can take a right and end up going around and end up getting to the other place anyway. But like, like that's what that's that's what the questions look like from my perspective. That's why you have to change your mindset. You have to figure out. You should be able to hand build a plus EV lineup by just looking at projections and ownership. That's it. You should be able to say, what contest am I playing? Let me hand build. I can do so. I could build, I could hand build those 18 lineups if I wanted to. That's what I used to do. I did that for years. So hand build those lineups and go, I think this is a good, okay, add this and a run back and whatever, and this thing works and I got this and based on the projection, and then you add it up, take a piece of, take a pen and pencil, whatever, add up the numbers. So you get the projection and the ownership or whatever. Even if you want to do the floor and the ceiling, if you want to do whatever the hell you want, add it up. Okay? Now build another one by hand and build another one by hand and build another one by hand and build another one by hand. Do that for three years. Okay? Then once once you're good at that, then go to, go to a, a lineup optimizer and, and lineup HQ. Now that you've built the lineup so often by hand, Get the get the get the optimizer to do it for you. Those exact lineups, like build twenty lineups by hand, like do that, do that for this Sunday. So you could you could practice, practice literally with lineup HQ right now. Hand build twenty lineups, and then go into lineup HQ and look look at the twenty lineups that you built that you built by hand that you look and you go, I think these are good. That you added up the projections manually yourself. And go, okay, uh, how do I get lineup HQ to build those exact 20 lineups? Your goal is not to build better. Your goal is to build those exact lineups that I could that you could press this build button up here 
You could put 20 right there. And the 20 that show up are the exact 20 that you handbill. Okay? Technically, it's probably going to be impossible for you to do. I could, I've gotten good enough that I could probably, I could probably do that and get 18 of them or something, something in that range. Maybe one or two would be off by a defense or something like, it would be still just slightly off. But you should be able to do that. Right? Because you're just telling the thing what to do. It's like, oh, I got, I got these, I got half my lineups have Dalvin Cook. Okay, well, that's kind of easy to put in the number 50 there. Right? That's already based on what I wanted, the lineups that I wanted. I don't start with, I want 50%. I, I, I don't, I don't know. How do you put numbers in without even seeing the lineups that you're building? You see the lineups first and you go, okay, I want more of these types of lineups. So how do I get the optimizer to build more of those types of lineups? Well, I got to tell it to not give me more of this and give me less of that. I mean, that's, that's what you're doing. Just like the nails in the wood. It's like, okay, well, you got, you got a construction guy with a hammer and the nails. And you're like, well, I want to build a bookcase, right? If you don't tell him that you're building a bookcase, what is he supposed to do? Just going to randomly put wood, nails into wood, nails into wood and go, here you go. Here's the, here's this abstract piece of art. And you go, well, why isn't it a bookcase? It's like, because you didn't tell me that you're building a bookcase, right? And then you build a bookcase, and then, then that person builds a bookcase, and you go, how come there's only three shelves? I want a five-shelf bookcase. So it's like, well, you have to tell me that you're building a five-shelf bookcase so I can build the five shelves for you. That's the same thing here. That's what all the, 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 the numbers are. That's what all it is. It doesn't know anything. Ah. <sighs> Scorpio McScorp, what do you think of a rule that in your lineup that mandates at least two players before 10% if the chalk for the week looks really good? I think that's horrible. Any, but once you say that you have a rule, then I would think it's horrible. So no, I would not do that. Uh, it's like uh, it's like repeating it's repeating the same thing over and over again, and you're wondering why people lose at DFS. So hopefully, hopefully you learn from this. Uh, feel free to give those thummy thumbs if you want. If you want. And uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll be here tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>